I thought you were doing that for a reason. Uh, I was just warming up the microphone. Okay. <laughs> I was massaging the microphone like mm-hmm. this. Yeah, great. Do it for everybody. That's that's. Well, I did it for a much shorter time period. <laughs> um. Hi. Hello. Super hot. Super hot. So yeah, last time uh, at the end we said, okay, I'm going to play super hot, and the guys are kind of like, all right, it was, he's, he's going to show another dumb VR game at us. They got so into it, <laughs> both of them played for quite yeah, a played while. for like an hour and a half afterwards, and like these guys were on the ground, like, <laughs> well, they're shooting at you. Yeah. You got to hide. And um, I, I did. I played. We just played before we started recording here. I played it for it was another hour, probably mm-hmm. close to an hour, I guess. Yeah, a little bit more. And uh, I didn't lean on any virtual yeah. furniture this time, so that's good. <laughs> We're drinking that yummy Belgian blonde with rye that we had last mm-hmm. show. Was it last show or two shows ago? It was last. It was two anyway, shows ago. Two shows ago. I've been telling people about this beer. <laughs> it's good. And this is like, you know, Belgian golden, Belgian blonde, but the rye gives it a spiciness. And I've been, the people, the brewers I've been talking to mentioning this, I'm like, you know, it's kind of like a hack. Gives it the complexity without dealing with finicky saison yeast. Yeah, for sure. It's, it works. So, I mean, it, it starts being something that's used all the time, then of course mm-hmm. it's going to get old, but right yeah. now, yep. it's, um, it's nice. So, we, um... So I I got back from Philly. Excuse me. Excuse me. I got back from Philly uh, Monday, and uh, I was able to get a bunch of uh, beers. Spent about uh, a little more than a hundred bucks on uh, some some nice beers we're gonna have for the next couple weeks. And I got back on on Monday, and my power was out. It was ninety five degrees, and my power was. Out. <laughs> Womp womp. And it didn't come on until 11 o'clock. There were two Transformers in the area that blown. <laughs> so I actually, I, I went over to where they were doing I just sort of watched them in my car. Hurry up, hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> can I get you guys some beer? Well, I mean, <laughs> Jeff was like, hey, you can come by and bring a VR. And I was like, I was, I, I think I joked about it first, but I was yeah, so you, tired. you said it first. I was so tired that I was just like, uh, I, I mean, I was exhausted from doing the drive and everything yeah you mentioned it first i'm like i thought he was joking i'm like hey if you want to i will play the games (laughs) but that's a long drive just to keep some beer cold Mm -hmm. um and hopefully you know so there was a little they were warmer for four hours and i would like to be otherwise i did stick them in the fridge put them in the fridge and so i know that that's bad because they suck the heat out of your fridge it sucks the heat out of it but i figured if it goes on within a couple hours and Mm -hmm. it 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 should be okay, and it, and it was. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about one flavor or temperature fluctuation on yeah. a beer. I wouldn't consider that be worrisome. Uh, I would be more worried in that power outage situation that you put a bunch of medium warm beers in your fridge, and your milk's going to spoil because you sucked all the cold out of your fridge. Right, right. So. But again, that that was a situation where I hoped that it would equalize it at relatively, it's still a lower temperature than than yeah. good, and then it'll turn on and everything will be good. And Four hours isn't, isn't too bad for the milk, so yep. I think it's okay. Uh, so I had that funeral. That was um, sad, but what you gonna do? Then uh, Tuesday we had a uh, we had a beer dinner right away. 
Yep. The the Breckenridge beer dinner. So we uh, we actually got an invitation. Breckenridge is doing this thing in, in the uh, like a whole week of stuff around Pittsburgh, and so we got an invitation for a whole bunch of stuff. And we were like, um, well, hey, the, there's a beer dinner. Yeah, a week. Ever, they, so they, it's called the Breck Truck. We'll talk about this in the main show, but mm-hmm. they they were saying they were doing a city every month. You know, one week a month. Pittsburgh was last week or this past week, and. They had a bunch of events, tastings, and and then they had this one beer dinner. It was one of the uh, most interesting beer dinners <laughs> that I've ever been to. It wasn't the best beer dinner we've ever been to. Um, they, they screwed up one of the beer and food pairings first, um, which wasn't that bad. It was actually the best piece of food of the night, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the tuna crudo, the chef came out and he was like all trying to supersell his stuff, which didn't didn't work well with the rest of his meals because the rest of his dishes weren't all that great. They were like they were okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were sort of like upscale versions of stuff you could get at uh, your standard restaurant, and not like upscale taste wise. Just sort of upscale in in. Uh, in ingredients, I suppose, in terms of yeah. like what they were trying to you know throw at you, but in terms of the the quality of of the food, it was just okay, and the pairings were just okay, also. Well, the beers on offer were just okay. I mean, yeah. The um, so the weirdest thing about this beer dinner, and we'll talk about this again in the main show, is that there was not one paying guest there. Yes, right. It, it was mostly meant for. It was. It was. Uh, Fuhrer. It was a wholesaler. It was like Breckenridge buying dinner for Fuhrer. Mm-hmm. Everybody there except for us either worked for Breckenridge, worked for Fuhrer, or were friends of the people who worked for Fuhrer. Or there, apparently there were people who won tickets online, but they had more, a lot more seats there than there were actually people who showed up. So I guess you know there were just a lot of people who didn't show up. I mean, the weather wasn't great. You know, mm-hmm. it stormed the whole day. There was bad traffic in Pittsburgh. There was a U two concert. No, that wasn't that day. No, it was, it was Billy Joel. I mean, it was some sort of concert. Maybe Billy Joel oh. that night. Yeah, the, the day I went down to Taco for that other mm-hmm. thing, there was U two concert and right. the uh, something else was going on, and it was busy as hell too. Um, we we talked with a, a very nice sales rep from uh, Colorado Springs mm-hmm. when she wasn't texting someone. <laughs> and, Jeff got kind of drunk and belligerent at, 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 at the beginning. It was kind of funny. Yeah, you okay. did. And then you were like, at one point, you like grabbed her by the by the arm. Yeah, you don't remember probably. Grabbed her. Yeah. It wasn't like a total grab, but it was like a big, like a pinch, like. Huh. Yeah, Jeff doesn't remember it. It was it was kind of funny because uh, you 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 had a couple beers to start with, and so you were kind of lit in the beginning. You got better as it went along. <laughs> in the beginning, there you were kind of lit, and um, but you calmed down. So good, <laughs> grabbed her. Of course, you don't remember it. I do. <laughs> Shit, that's not good. Uh. It was more like you being excited. It wasn't like you oh, were... okay. Yeah. 
trying to remember the early part of it. The fact that we can't remember is... Well, no, I remember many parts of it. I don't remember the part I don't remember, but... Okay. Um, we had talked to, yeah, basically a couple people from, from Breckenridge and got their opinion on, on things, and... Uh, it was some interesting talk. Yeah. It was, I mean, the people who work at Breckenridge aren't evil. <laughs> and we never thought that yeah. they were. It's, it was interesting to get their perspective. And it's in, we approached it without being super judgmental because, first of all, I mean, you listen to the show, you know we're not about this sort of thing. We're not super judgmental about it. But also, they're not going to talk to somebody who's just in their face. How mm-hmm. come you guys aren't craft anymore? So, but what we did, I mean, I think that we got some interesting talk with them about uh, both sort of their their angle on what's been happening from their perspective and to to a lesser extent but to it but e- even more interesting Breckenridge's sort of goals as a brewery yeah I don't know if I really got a clear I guess they want to be every every guy's every day beer that's kind of right I mean they they want to they don't want to be or they're not looking to be the the star they're looking to be more, you know, you have a six pack or something in, in, in your fridge and mm-hmm. you know, your, your go-to as opposed to your star, which makes sense, especially if, if you're trying to sell, you know, a good amount of, I, I don't know, it, you know it, it, it's, it's a different way of marketing than, um, than the, than the typical craft beer excitement level mm-hmm. right i mean the typical craft beer excitement level is all about whales and, and trying to find these you know hard to find beers or you know super expressive things but just because that's the typical thing that you see in, in in all the that you read about all the time doesn't mean that that's the only way of making money in the industry clearly breckenridge is making money right yeah i mean i i mentioned to him i think you were there but maybe it was before you got there about how you know, from my point of view, you know, they're they're aiming squarely at the middle, mm-hmm. you know, not being too uh, out there, you know, too innovative with the flavors, with crazy brand new or aggressive flavors. And, you know, and just, you know, I, it kind of fleshed out, like you were talking about, like how they see that market mm-hmm. and how it is the market that they want to be in. They were talking about how the owners... Maybe Imbev, you know, kind of want them to to be more experimental. Yeah, yeah, the owners want them. AB Imbev wants them to try more things than than they're than they're initially comfortable with, which is interesting. I mean, AB Imbev wants them to be craftier than they are in some sense. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what he said, yeah. and. The thing is, you know, if you looked at their the beers on offer at the different tastings and happy hours they had, like orange creamsicle. I haven't tried that and one. So barrel aged cherry stout. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's a. I think when when I first heard oh cherry cherry stout, I think I said oh what from so uh, nineteen. What did I say like oh so two thousand two two thousand four. You know, that's where it come from. He said, oh, no, barrel age. Oh, yeah, 2000, we both said at the same time, 2008. 
Ja. Yeah. I mean, we weren't expecting and to to be blown away by Breckenridge beers, and we and we were thoroughly um, we were thoroughly not blown away by Breckenridge beers, but we were very happy with you know the people we met and with the you know the talk we had and and getting some perspective that is sadly you know lacking from all the you know the media around this uh, this stuff that's happening, which is I think it's very. It's a fascinating story, and I wish it would be covered with a little bit more grace than some of the mm-hmm. places tend to cover it. Right. I understand the perspective of people who are super, you know, craft guys, but there there's a limit to how far that culture can go when the business gets this big, and there's a lot of questions particularly as we see more and more crappy beers start to flood the market from places that are still you know legitimately craft there's questions as to how far mm-hmm. just you know being a craft brewery goes yeah yeah i i just see more and more mediocre to poor beers mm-hmm. and the consumer is going to hit these landmines and be less enticed to become a craft person, right? I mean, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened in the late nineties, right? Was that there was too much bad beer on the market, so everyone just presumed that craft beer was not much better or different than the macro beer, and that it was just a fad, or just a marketing thing, or just a image thing. And yeah, I mean, there's there's Beers being made today that are better than 95% of the beers ever made mm-hmm. type thing. So there's still quality, like setting the pace in quality and making amazing beers today. But then that ratio is slipping and there's more and more shitty beer out there. What's funny is you mentioned all about image and the whole new, th- this new second craft push is all about image. It's all about, are you a small guy? Are you, you know... I was talking more so about the image that the consumer defines for themselves. Still, I but yes, I, I understand that. But I, but we have to acknowledge that the whole craft thing is still an image based thing. It's very, you know, it's punk rockish. It, it's that uh, that mindset. So I found myself having a Miller Light last Friday. Mm-hmm. And I remember you talking about how you could actually taste the hops. And I was skeptical. and like, uh, well, yeah, Miller Lite wasn't awful. Mm-hmm. Um, my palate is, you know, with got gotten so wide that, yes, even I can taste good as, aspects of a Miller Lite. Yeah. It's, it, Miller Lite is not a beer that you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. But it's acceptable. And if you it's look much for more it, acceptable than I thought it would yeah. be. Yeah, and if you look for it, there are you know there are things in there. The hops are there. Mm-hmm. The reason I found myself having the Miller Lite was it would just would have been snooty to to turn it down type thing. <laughs> it was uh, the girls' last soccer practice, and one mm-hmm. of the coaches brought a cooler full of Miller Lights, and you know each coach you know had had a beer. 
it's the kind of thing you take it, you know, even if you're not going to like right, it. But right. when I have it, I'm like, well, it's not, it's passable. It doesn't taste bad. It, mm-hmm. it, Especially after we had Pilsners that taste like yogurt. yogurt. <laughs> God. <laughs> so Todd Alstrom had a tweet this week, you know, from Beer Advocate yeah. about poor beer quality or something like that. I'm like, well, guess what? The other day I had a Pilsner that tasted exactly like yogurt, uh-huh. not hyperbole. Yeah. He's like, did it come with a fruit flip? <laughs> What's a fruit flip? You know, the yogurt. Oh, the... oh, yeah. And I'm like, actually, some granola probably would have made it better. <laughs> uh, I, I want to try, again, a watermelon Dorado. I just want to I want to try it. I want to see... I mean, we only had that one time, right? And yeah. there, it's it's worth it's worth going back to. But I probably will have it again outside of the show. I want to be surprised by it. This is what I want. I want you know. Thing is, if we do one blind show, we're all going to be waiting for the watermelon right, dorado. Right. right. Uh, somehow, I want to be surprised by the beer. Um. There was, you know, I was at Beerhead uh, yesterday, and um, that's one by the stadium, right? Yeah, I was considering <laughs> getting it, but <laughs> decided. Was it on draft it. or bottle? It was, it was on, on draft actually. Um, but I went for uh, so first I had the Zwickle from Church Brew Works, which okay. was okay, and then I had uh, was looking for for something. Um, Mosaic-y. The only thing that was there was the Breckenridge, <laughs> and so I, instead I went for Mirror Pond. Okay, Mirror Pond is a good beer. Mm-hmm. Sure is. I had uh, some beers on lunch on Friday. Let's see what I had. Oh, I had uh, Duclaw. You know their IPA is Neon Gypsy. Uh huh. They fermented it with saison yeast and called a Farmhouse Gypsy. Ah, uh, awesome. Okay. It was the last bottle they had at, at, a, uh, at the beer hive, but uh, it was awesome. And then I had uh, their sour, like dark sour, like it was okay. It was barrel aged dark sour. And it was okay, but that that the farmhouse gypsy was awesome. And then I had uh, is it from Stillwater. I had a saison from them, but it wasn't nearly as good as the uh, two club one. Have to have to get that on the show or something. See if we can find it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Is there any any news? We we talked about the ten barrel is not craft beer banner already, but that got flown. It actually got flown. Yeah. Uh, That's not really news worth bringing up no. on the show. But they raised so much money they had to fly twice, like for like the full length, like two full length plane flights. So you did name four twenty five. This can't be okay, right? TCBY. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even see. Yeah. That. That, that that that's what TCBY stood oh, for. Okay, so gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> might have that might be a little too. I didn't catch it. You probably put, we probably should have put TCBY in parentheses, but we'll see how many people. I mean, it, it, it's it's not necessary to to um, okay. to to appreciate the title, but okay. it's you know for those people who get it, mm-hmm. you know, it's a whole whole other level. Exactly, it's a whole other joke in there. Yep. Um, but yeah, soft serve, very soft serve. <laughs> oh man, white horse, what are you doing? Mm. Don't know. Um, 
Anything else? I mean, Fargo got really good the last two episodes. Okay. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh, that that's something that, that you mentioned because Jeff told me a little bit about what was happening on Fargo that they basically met with. So, okay, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it. I haven't seen it either, but I'm not adverse to spoilers. That uh, two of the characters sort of met with a manifestation of death, mm-hmm. and how that was, you know, sort of off, but it was sort of weird. But I was like, yes, yeah, kind of a Noah Haley thing uh, to to put a sort of literary thing in there, as though you know, like I think I talked about how Better Call Saul won't do that. Like Better mm-hmm. Call Saul is very you know, sort of, and, and Breaking Bad, very sort of real in, in their things, such that mm-hmm. when they, such that they only give themselves license to do something very, very out there, like, only a couple times. Like, one thing I can remember, there's only one, is the after effect of, of, um, Gus being blown up. Oh, okay. Right? So that's, like, the only, like, one of the only things I can think of that sort of, in any way, not not a sort of hyper realistic or not spoilers. Say, Gus gets blown up. Wouldn't say hyper realistic, but <laughs> it doesn't have a strong level of similitude with mm-hmm. with you know real life. Right. Uh, but that was sort of you let that you granted them that because of how legendary a character Gus was, mm-hmm. and you sort of let them have that moment. Whereas you no know, Haley with you know Fargo, I remember last year they did the UFO, and they even started that episode with a book, you know, opening a book mm-hmm. like it was a storybook. So it was clearly yeah. There's there's one other like weird thing that comes through at the early in the episode, um, the police um, chief, the girl for you know, um, what's her name? Shit, can't think of it. Like she cannot set off like motion sensors for doors and soap dispensers and things like uh-huh. that <laughs> like she's not there but you know everyone sees her so it's not like yeah. she's like it's, she's not like the sixth sense kid or something like or Bruce Will, you know that kind of thing um and then in this last episode she's like meeting with one of her colleagues that she's befriended and like they have a talk about it and then she goes to the bathroom and she's actually able to set off the soap dispenser. Oh. So like, you know, it was kind of a, a self-esteem thing or something, oh, okay. but I guess, but yeah. Well, um, Fargo takes place in, in a sort of magical realism world. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's less attempt to make it so grounded. Yeah. Yeah. I won't talk. I won't talk about like, I don't know if I'd really call it a twist, but there was definitely a change, like an unexpected moment that happened in Fargo that just kind of took that arc and just bent it, you know? Like, now the arc's going a whole different direction, which you would not have anticipated. Everything else, there was, you know, surprises. But nothing was like, okay, that makes sense that that happened. And then this thing happened in this last episode. Like, holy shit! So Well, only one more than I can binge it. So Mm -hmm. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that. I actually haven't finished... I've just been busy this week. I haven't finished watching Better Call Saul for this week. I've gotten uh, halfway through it, but I haven't finished the whole... I'm not sure if I got that one yet. I don't think it downloaded. Um, I just watched uh, the second season of Master of None oh. on Netflix. Hey, I've never seen it. Oh, um, I liked I liked, well, I liked. liked both seasons. Heather really liked the first season. Second season got a little more experimental, kind of changed the feel of the show, and she didn't like the second mm-hmm. season. Um, but there's like... The whole bunch of almost like the kinds of like each 
shows a genre kind of a kind of like community kind of like what they did in legion a little bit mm-hmm. like the the premiere was in black and white because dev had gone off to italy to like you know his girlfriend was going to tokyo so he went he likes pasta so he went to italy to learn to make pasta you know so there's this indian guy who works in commercials and he picks up and flies to italy to learn to make pasta so the whole first episode of the second season is uh him in italy Speaking Italian, subtitled, black and white. Yeah, and, That's pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> and then there was another episode, which is kind of like... Uh, it was not featuring the main characters for the entire episode, but it was like following a chain of events. Like, something happened to this mm-hmm. guy, they go into the convenience store, camera pans over to the clerk, and now they follow the clerk for a little bit. Okay. And then it follows the next person. And then... You know, into the Uber, people get out of the Uber, and Dev and his friends walk in and get into the Uber, and then the final scene of the show. So another very like Eric experimental. Yeah, episode. yeah, it reminds me of a movie called uh, I think it's called Twenty Bucks, where it follows a, a twenty dollar bill. Oh, yeah, different, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, it's just like, but you know, I didn't really care that I wasn't watching characters from Master of None because mm-hmm. it was it was interesting watching watching that episode. So they did some interesting things this season. And uh, Heather and I started watching uh, Orange is the New Black. You know, we've seen the previous seasons. It's out there now. So we started watching season five last night. Well, so you got a little bit of a sparkle or a glitter. Okay. Other eye. Yeah, it, I only notice it when it just manages to catch the light. <laughs> it's weird. Is that just something Allie plays with glitter a lot or something? Or um, strippers? I mean, what's it's, it's <laughs> definitely the strippers. <laughs> I mean, there's glitter throughout that. She she has a pair of flip flops that are glitter on top. That's the only glitter thing that I can think of that was in, I've been in proximity with. <laughs> but I wasn't sticking the flip flops in my eyes. So it could have been all the glitter I have at home that I'm pouring on my Oculus all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes super hot fabulous. <laughs> so yeah, I'm having the only the the only complaint I have about the VR is. One, it, it can be a pain to set up as we, you know, just took, you know, another like 20 minutes. It took to, almost as long as last week. Yeah. Just to get everything in the right configuration. I'm going to put tape down on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that will help. It's just, it, like, some of it is just kind of a... You got to the point where you were just cycling it over and over again. And right. Changing the alignment just a little bit just to make the thing happy. Right, yeah. Um, and eventually we got it. And we actually, that's the first time I've ever seen it say, oh, this is the perfect place play size so normally it says this is a little too small <laughs> okay i didn't notice that yeah. statement um the in the game the location was spot i mean really mm-hmm. good like you know it didn't seem like you yeah. know your hands weren't going to where your eyes were telling you even though that. it was saying that oh there's there's spotty tracking i think that was just you know it's this the software still isn't super up to snuff mm-hmm. so it still is like a little iffy that and of course we have issues with the sound where the sound keeps cutting out every 20 minutes or something we have to restart it that's uh, yeah that's that's annoying annoying because that like it didn't happen uh last time when we started super hot last time we were here it happened um at home a little bit and then it stopped happening so maybe just it it goes through these phases but i'm not the only one who has this problem but i mean Mm -hmm. Again, I'm you know I'm I'm jumping into this new. I'm 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 getting something that's a very new thing, and there's going to be growing pains and these sort of issues with just like you have with a printer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Yeah, yeah there, there's difficulties at times, and you just got to deal with it and move on. But the the experiences and the stuff you can do out of it is worth it, worth dealing with the, the headaches. <laughs> yep. So I, I, there's other games I really want to play. Uh, I was talking to Alan because uh, we're, we're going to do uh, the extra life again. Uh, and he wants to, you know, play a golf game. I think I have like, at least one or two different golf games. I haven't, I haven't even tried them yet, but there's all types of, you know, all types of games that I have for that. It was super hot. My shooting aim got much better when I learned to use the rear sights. Mm-hmm. Like you can actually, the resolution is good enough in the Oculus that you can get a sight picture. Um, when you hold the gun out, I get. Maybe this is a complaint, but when you just hold the gun out in front of you, the sights aren't really aligned. You actually have to tilt the gun down more than right. it seems natural to get the sights aligned. Uh, you mentioned, you know, aim lower than you think you should feel. But mm-hmm. once I got the sights aligned, the aim was pretty good. Right. I didn't have, necessarily have to aim low. The place, the reason I might have aimed low is because, you know, center of mass type things. You know, trying to hit, you know... From the groin up to the chest, you know. The aim lower also applies to throwing things too, because I notice you've been throwing things. You really, yeah, like, you release them too high, and you sort of have to let. Go. Yeah, I'm not good at throwing yeah. bottles at people. Yeah. Or, but, uh, or throwing stars. So super hot. For those who haven't played it, the game is it's a mix between a first person shooter and something like a real time strategy game, sort of. Right. In the sense, think that, of Bullet Time from The Matrix. Right. Where you can. If you don't move, time stops. And if you move slow, time moves slow. So right. you can dodge bullets. You can... The strategy part is kind of uh, choreographing your movements to take out the adversaries. Right. Each each board is... You have to kill several adversaries. The adversaries are gla- literally glass men. I mean, they make glass sounds yeah. when you hit them. You just have to kind of tap them to, to take yeah. them out. And, um, like you could, you know, just kind of tap them or bunk them on the head and they'll go down. Um, and then you can, some boards, you've got to use your fists, other boards, you can, um, steal the gun off of the people Mm -hmm. you can. And then sometimes there's weapon caches right in front of you to pick up. So the glass man, the advantage that they have is they won't run out of bullets. You will. Oh, okay. Do you... If you steal a gun off a glass man, will it have less than the normal amount of bullets? Yeah, you only get a couple but shots. Yeah, You won't ever get an empty gun from him. No, you won't ever get an empty gun. As far as I know, you won't ever get an empty gun from, from somebody. But once you pick up a gun, you have there's a limited number of shots right, in there. Right, right. I was just wondering, yeah. if, you pick, if you take a gun that's re- been fired by the AI... No, it doesn't like lower the, okay. the amount of bullets in there. Uh, the, the other thing about it is that if you shoot a gun or if you pick up something or toss something, then time starts to move forward just a little bit faster for a brief period of time. Mm-hmm. So so you have to watch. Like, you can dodge bullets pretty easily if you're not doing anything with the guns, but as soon as you shoot... The bullet might go, like, seven feet right. in, in a near instance. So right. if, you know, you think you can shoot and dodge a bullet, it might be too close to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's part of the... It, it's a, It's really... It may sound kind of cheesy, but when it all it all really does flow together very well. And it fits your body picture very mm-hmm. well. Like you're dodging these bullets, and they're real. There was actually one which it gave me a pass, which I thought hit my elbow. You know, but 
it wasn't really tra- yeah. doesn't really track your elbow. Right, it tracks your head and and yeah. your your hand. So, mm-hmm. um, it the hitbox is generous, but not super big. Yeah, it's a cool game. Very cool game. Yes. And then if you get hit, you have to go back to the beginning of the level, and each level is five or six boards, right. something like that. So you you you'll find you you know it gets harder, just like practically any iOS game, right? You know, where you're doing those uh, like Angry Birds or something, right? Mm-hmm. Where it gets harder and harder, and it's just or it's formatted just like that, like a Temple Runish type thing, where yeah. you, you learn the moves mm-hmm. you have to make to to go through this part, then you got to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm just saying the way the levels are put together, it's just like mm-hmm. every popular iOS game. Right. Where you work up and it increases in difficulty. Good, good game. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, if you were to go through it and you knew it had to do everything, I still haven't finished it, but if you go through it and do everything, I think it's only like, you know, two hours worth of gameplay, but there's enough of you trying to do it and doing mistakes and things like right. that, that it's, uh, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's pre-show. I think we're gonna move on to the beer show. Yay! Yay!